Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome to The Blitz on 91.3 FM, WBNY Buffalo, Buffalo's original alternative since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. My name is Double D, I'm joined by Tanner Saunders and Joe Callie, who's just getting settled down. Yes, sir. Yeah, just finished my class up, had to look at some travel articles, you know, had to analyze. So, you know, I'm, I'm in the mood to travel. No, I'm not. Um <laughs> But yeah, good to good to be on here today. Yeah, no, we we missed you, buddy. You missed a a, a very monumental episode yesterday uh, on Monday. I heard all about it. Trust uh, me, you I, heard I heard all, all about, about it. And here's here. Look at this. Look at this. Shiny new. Look at it. Works. It's, Is it brand new? Or yeah, did they you sent they phone? sent a replacement, like brand new replacement. Oh, so it's uh. I'm not letting it out of the the case again, so that happens. So, so it just literally died on me, man. I I woke up, it was charging when I went to bed, dead, just wouldn't turn on. And I'm like, okay, took it to the Asurion like insurance place, right, like mm-hmm. to see if they would fix it because I have the insurance on the phone. They're like, yeah, it, it's not it's not taking accepting any charge when we plug it in. I'm like, okay, is there anything you can do about that? They cleaned it, thought that would help. Nope, nothing. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm like, okay. So I was supposed to be there here to do the show on Tuesday, on Friday, and I was like, yeah, I got, I need my phone for school work and the podcast. So I, I got, I got to figure this out. So yeah, they sent me a new one after I sat with my charger with my old one and held it a certain way for like three hours to let it have battery. Oh my god, carried that for like two days. Got this. So. We're we're cooking now though. We're all good. Is that so. the fourteen? Thirteen. Thirteen. Mm. Yeah. I'm not that bougie. All right. He's not that <laughs> bougie. He can't be that up and coming, Tanner. Come on. You got you gotta go at least one level lower. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can't have too many expectations. No. Or else I mean, there are no expectations. Let me just expectations. Next time Frank's on here, I'm expecting greatness after what <laughs> I heard. I mean, is that that's on the podcast form of it, right? Correct. It's saved. Oh, it, it it will be posted tomorrow. Okay, so I'll be able to go back and listen. I I can even show you after yeah. during a break or yeah. something. Yeah, that's fine with me because I have the exact spot where he said the no no word. Oh, it, it it's so funny. I me, me and Tanner were listening back to it, and it is so crystal clear that he just says it. Yeah, it wasn't like he stopped entirety. himself. It just happened. No, yeah. he. he <laughs> He says the word and then he goes, ooh, and then he I just was hope- keeps going. I was hoping to see him today, honestly, because I was like wondering if I could, you know, like I know he's, meet the greatness. Yeah, you know? he, like, he said, you know, uh, I won't be here today. You know, you don't have to worry about the F-bombs today at the show. Yeah, I saw that in the group chat. I was like, oh, my God. Dan, I got the same case coming as you. Do you? Just you, for an iPhone. Hey, yeah, I'll have to nice. show you. Yeah, because I needed a more protective one. Yeah. And it, that looked pretty good. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at the ground just to test it. Because <laughs> yeah, this one does nothing, and that's no. why an issue happened. But yeah, 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 yeah. There's not a lot going on right now. Oh, well, maybe for you, but well, the sports world keeps well, moving. I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's the Bills are, you know, Josh and Brittany broke up, whatever. You know what I mean? At that point, single Josh Allen, everyone should have fear in their hearts. I, I don't see that as a hindrance at all. We're going to Vegas this year now. I, all distractions are out the window. It's over. What, what are your, what are you, come on, hit me. You, you got to think. 
He's grown his hair out. He's on his villain arc right now. That guy is Anakin Skywalker going to the dark side right now, okay? And he's about to take us all the way. I mean, man, I'm good with that. I mean, I don't I don't care how long his hair he is. He and Pat Mahomes will have a battle on Mustafar, and then we'll end up in Vegas. At uh, The Empire is born with Josh Allen. Brady was Darth Vader for so long. We've got the Darth Vader now. Hey, I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with everybody me, being mad at us for winning too many championships. I, I would be hey, fine with that. Um, yeah. Everybody would be praying on our downfall then. Though. Everyone calls us the overhyped Bills right now, so I'd love to see that prove right. You know, not over. Never mind. I don't want to see that prove right. Yeah, yeah. you don't. Uh, I, I would love to see to that say. proved wrong. I meant sorry. Uh so you you've kind of led into the Bills side. I was going to start with the NFL side, uh, but of course we didn't even talk about this on Monday. But uh, the Bills signed linebacker Alex Kleinback, uh, Alex Kleinback, and that is. I think a really underrated signing just in the sense that they could give him a start, like a, a chance at the middle linebacker role. Uh, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on Klein resigning with the Bills? I mean, I love A.J. Klein. Very physical linebacker. Um, right now it's kind of damage control for letting go of Tremaine. Um, but, you know, it's it's we're losing a big guy like that. We got to get people who know the system know the culture, or fans of the culture around, and A.J. Klein was that guy. He Tanner, he he did all right, I remember. Nothing like crazy standout, but he's been all right, um, and I'm, I'm okay with that signing. What do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I would not be – I think there'd be better options to have start, start at middle linebacker than him, but that's just a nice veteran guy to have in the room. You know, he's going to be steady. He's not going to go out there and be like Fred Warner and go, and, you know, be – picking people off left and right, but he's also not going to be terrible. Just, you know, a steady presence to have there, veteran guy to have in the room. You know, assuming that we bring in a rookie middle linebacker, that's a nice guy to have in that room, you know, obviously in addition to Matt Milano. So, you know, it's just a, a nice depth piece, and, um, you know, it's a good good veteran presence to have in there. Not going to be too great, but also not going to be terrible either. Just pretty steady all around. Now, I think this is the quickest we've ever gotten a caller on the show i mean six minutes in and uh we got frank from kenmore how you doing frank not bad how about you guys oh uh, we're doing so great gonna, if you don't mind i want to jump back to the offense for a minute uh and i don't hear your show every single day so you may have covered both of these topics on previous shows but two two uh things that i heard rumbling about a few months ago first of all do you think that our current offensive coordinator is going to be uh, uh, talked to behind closed doors about uh, quit uh, to basically to, to calm down and stop having Josh throw so deep so often. And then the second question is uh, about the rumblings about Josh Allen's elbow may have hindered the short game a little bit for some reason. An overhand throw was uh, better for him with his injury than. Uh, meaning downfield, then stuff, then nickel diming over the middle that, that you know uh, uh, that the Patriots ran so well for only about 15 years, uh, and you know, and the Bills certainly need to uh, kind of emulate. I'm not comparing Josh at this point in his career yet to uh, to uh, the great one, but it's just you know we we have to use our weapons and not be so predictable, and I and 
anyways, I'll I'll take the answer off the air, but but about what do you think about those two things? Thanks. Cool. Thanks, Frank. Um, so, what I really think could really do with Ken Dorsey kind of stop throwing the ball downfield. I think you still need to take those once in a while. I, I think it's a necessity for the Bills because they are a really good deep threat team. I mean, you got Diggs who can open up routes uh, with his speed. and his, Davis downfield. Davis downfield. Uh, Shakir, if he evolves into something in the slot, because now with McKenzie gone, He's the one who's going to step up into your slot position. Even James Cook could be considered, a de- like, in college, he was a deep threat. Right. Right. Uh, and Dawson Knox. I, mm-hmm. I mean, even. Use him. I, yeah, he is him. Uh, you know, so I, I think there's still a need for the deep ball. Is it, like, a good long-term option if we're trying to help Josh's arm and, um, you know, if that elbow is still affecting him? Maybe we won't see as much at the beginning of the season. I would think it would probably be like an open communication. It would be like, hey, you feel good starting to get more into the rhythm of throwing more deep balls, like, um, you know, verticals, whatever else there is, deep routes, go routes, um, whatever we need you to do. And if Alan's good to do that, I mean, I'm all for deep balls. I I, I mean, I, I think that's one of the Bills' best strong points because even though we don't run the ball well, or people don't think we run the ball well, even though we really did. Um, you know, I think it's an underrated thing to say, okay, we can throw it 60 yards down that way. And if, if you leave our wide receiver, like, with a step or two, it's you're a done. touchdown. It's gone. You're, you're game over. Well, here's, here's what I think, if I may, really quickly. On the questions at hand here but between Dorsey and, the, and Josh's elbow, I think the both of those questions are technically one question because a lot of the issues we saw <clears throat> with only throwing deep balls was the fact that Josh Allen's elbow, he couldn't nickel and dime over the middle, right? I mean, that was kind of what was insinuated with it. So I think the answer to both of those questions is one and the same of Josh is healthy now, and I think we're going to see them doing a little bit different things. And they even in the in the pressers yesterday they were even mentioning some certain things like about Gabe Davis how he played injured last year too right so that immediately that hinders who you throw to as well and what you do so i think let's just put it this way the injury bug bit the entire team after week 3 and then that was the fallout right there so i think the answer to both of those questions is the same and Josh Allen's elbow is healed and you're going to see a lot more cuz you're probably right in the fact that down the field pass is just over the shoulder like a normal natural pass um are more comfortable for that type of an injury because you're not tweaking your elbow as much as soon as you start throwing sidearm to get in like whipping it like like these little chip shots and nickel and dimes as you mentioned over the middle uh that might be where the pain really starts coming in so that might be why they dialed back from it and again he didn't give that much time to rest. He came out later that week and played against the Minnesota Vikings. So I think that also has something to do with it, where he's healthy now, actually. He wasn't healthy coming back last year. I think the elbow solves both of those issues very well. Starting out with the with Ken Dorsey, I'll say that um, 
I think he got a little too much scrutiny this year. I mean, the guy, at the end of the day, he's a first-year play caller. I know he was the quarterback's coach, and he had been, you know, under Dayball, but this was his first year as an offensive play caller in the NFL. I mean, looking back, if anybody thought that, you know, it was gonna he was going to come in and it was going to be a seamless transition between he and Brian Dayball, I mean, that was maybe a little bit wishful thinking because there's always going to be you know, those uh, those hiccups that a first-year play caller goes through. And I think you're never going to completely eliminate those deep shots. I mean, Josh Allen has evolved into one of the best deep ball passers in the NFL. We have guys that can win down the field with Stefan Diggs, you know, Gabriel Davis when he's, you know, 100% healthy. And it remains to be seen, you know, who we're going to add in the draft. Maybe we go out and get another playmaker. But you're never going to fully... Um, eliminate the deep ball from this passing game. I mean, they're just a big play waiting to happen. But I think Josh Allen's elbow played a big part in the uh, the lack of a short passing game, particularly in the back half of the season. I mean, Josh acknowledged himself at one point. I'm pretty sure that you know on plays where he had to you know drop his arm angle if he needed to throw it around like a defensive tackle or an edge rusher, or somebody coming you know clean off the edge. That that was uh, that was bothersome. And I can imagine you know on some of these tight window throws over the middle where he's really got to just shoot it in there as fast as he can that that probably that hurt that was probably very uncomfortable so I'm sure that played a part in it I mean we know Josh Allen is a cyborg but at the end of the day he's still a human being the guy can only you know endure so much so you know hopefully now that we're in the off season, both of these guys can, you know, take a step back, get together, you know, get in the film room and say, okay, here's what worked. And, you know, here's some of the things we can improve on. And hopefully, you know, now that Josh Allen has time to, you know, rehab a little bit, if there's any rehab left to do and get back to full strength, those, both those things combined, hopefully we see, um, you know, a resurgence in our, uh, in our short passing game. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned cyborg as Rich Eisen would say, the bionic man, right? So I think you're going to see a very different Bills offense this year because, Tanner, you're absolutely right in the fact that Ken Dorsey was a first-year play caller. No matter if you're under Brian Dable, that would be like, let's say, Dan, you trained under Howard Simon for like a, like probably six years, right, which is a good chunk of time, mm-hmm. right? And you go out your first time doing your own show. It's not going to be perfect. Like, you're going to have highs and lows, of course, but you will figure it out from there. Same thing. I don't know why I used you as an example, but I mean, like... Hey, I'm honored. <laughs> but um, it's the same deal. Like, you, you grow into your profession, right? You expect the players to grow into their roles. Why not let a first-year play caller grow into his role? You think D- Dable we complained about for the first few years here, mm-hmm. right? Like, when he was first an OC here... Like, we complained. Stop running it on first down. Why do you keep doing that? It's predictable. You're going to get stopped every time. Look at how he ended, though. We were played the greatest game of all time on offense in that playoff game against the Chiefs in the divisional round. That was his last game as the Bills' offensive coordinator versus the first one. Okay. Like, there's a, there's a, you got to let him develop. And I think Dorsey will be just fine because he's got good chemistry with these guys. He learned very well under Dable. And I think you give him this season and you're going to see a big difference. And remember, Dable didn't have the greatest start ever as an offensive coordinator here. I mean, we we all look at the Houston Texans playoff game, the wild card game, and man, was that, uh, looking back on it, it was like, wow, that was a dumpster fire of a game. Just just in the sense of how much Allen wanted to play hero ball and, 
how well the offense was doing and then how different it was compared to the end of Dayball's tenure here uh, on on the Bills. And it's like two completely different teams in just like a matter of a year or two. Completely different. And uh, Josh Allen, even his presser, I believe on Monday, or no, yesterday, I'm sorry, yesterday, uh, there too many pressers are happening. You got the Sabres today. We'll talk about that. Then you got the bu- the Bills yesterday. But Allen did his presser. Says elbow feels fine. And he didn't see anybody about it. So you know it doesn't hurt that much. It must be feeling fine. One thing I'll also say about that press conference that Josh Allen said that caught my attention. And again, I kind of mentioned this earlier. These two now that they have you know, however many games we played last year and 18, 19 game sample size, they know, you know, what works and what doesn't. And Josh Allen said that he'd like to get back to a, to more familiar concepts. So, you know, they'll go to the drawing board and they'll figure out, you know, what those familiar concepts are. Cause I think a lot of the problems that came last year is a lot of Dorsey's offense is based on like read and react concepts, like wide receivers will read the leverage of the defenders and then decide, you know, what route to run from there or what, you know, different direction they should go. Whereas, you know, with Dayball, you, the wide receivers knew what route they were supposed to be running more often than not. There wasn't a whole lot of option. Like there wasn't a whole lot of reading the leverage of the defender. So so um, I think, you know, if they make some of those adjustments and we see, you know, more locked in route. And that's also another reason why the spacing in our offense this year was so bad at times, because, you know, based on reading the leverage of defenders, you know, guys might run their routes in the same spot. So I think, you know, if they go through and clean some of that up this offseason and you can lock in more routes so that the quarterback and wide receiver aren't on the same page and trying to feel each other out as much, that will, you know, be able to streamline Allen's, you know, um, processing and make his decision a little bit easier and he can get the ball out quicker and therefore reduce turnovers. Cause that's something also that reared its ugly head, you know, kind of middle of the season, end of the season last year was turnovers. So that's a part of it. Now that, you know, we've had a full season under this Dorsey offense, we can kind of go in with a fine tomb, a uh, fine tooth comb and, you know, clean some of that, clean some of that stuff up and hopefully you know we'll see a a better version of this offense next year now that you know we've seen it the on-field product and know what works and what doesn't what things need to be cleaned up yeah absolutely dan you mind if we pivot to the defense again go back yeah sure one side if you want to be like frank and you want to call us (laughs) i'm gonna do a i'm gonna do a promo i'm gonna plug plug it Gonna plug the phone number, Joe. Let me plug the phone number. If you want to call like Frank and ask us questions, and we'll answer, uh, you can call 716-878-5104. 716-878-5104. There you go, Joe. I prank called that number before in studio. You did, and that really ticked me off. I don't know. Time. Tanner, were you in here for that? I feel like I would recall if I was. Okay, so, so I literally... It was you, me, and Frank. Yes, you, and Frank me, and I were over here. Yep. And I, I was sitting on like this chair over here, tucked behind the wall, and I called the line, and I was like, "Oh, my name's Bob, first time listener, or long time listener, first time caller." And like I like tricked Dan; he had no idea because no, I, I I didn't think it was him. I wouldn't. And then think he put him on. That my put- co-host <laughs> would call the phone line <laughs> to prank me. Well, and then Dan puts me on the air. Yeah. Right. So now I'm like, okay, Mrs. Doubtfire situation over here. I got to be. <laughs> Talking and doing this. So 
I gave it up after a few minutes, but like I was tucked behind the wall where Dan really couldn't see me, so he had no idea. And I was talking the whole time. And it, is that that's got to be that's on a recorded one? I forget how long ago that was. That wasn't too long ago. No, no, it should be somewhere. I'll have to find it because that was. I'll have to show you that. That was that was funny. That was a that was a good time. But anyway, the Bills defense. Back to the Bills. Defense. Back to the Bills defense on this one. I'm excited for McDermott to call the plays. I really am because Frazier, you know, if we like nickel zone, I mean, Frazier was your guy, right? I mean, that's all he ran. It was pretty much it. Uh, he threw some pressure down towards the end of the season when Von Miller got hurt because we really we used to be. Remember in the first game, we were getting pressure back without even a blitz, like just the pass rush, four man rush was yep. getting all back there all the time. It's nice when the people are healthy, things happen, but unfortunately, that wasn't the tale of the season. So, um. I think McDermott's a little more aggressive when I think about it. Like he he took it from Frazier one time. I want to say Frazier was really underperforming a couple of years back, and McDermott just took it in the middle of the game, and then they actually played pretty well. It was more it was more of an aggressive defense. I remember it was more blitz heavy, but I mean, look at the Miami Dolphins. It's like a twelve year old playing Madden. They blitz every play. So I mean, it's just like what you, if you can't beat them, join them. Start sending them right. And well, you, you did beat them. What do you mean? Well, you did beat Miami. We it was even on the season though, technically. The one well No. In regular season it was even on the season. Postseason's a whole different animal. I don't care. One, beat one and one. <laughs> you still, one you're and not one, joining them. You're creating one your own and one in the regular here. season. But still they gave us a run for our money either way. Even in that snow game, I was sitting there. I'm like, okay, if Josh Allen did not call those plays on that last drive, we might not have won that game. And the whole thing about Tua not being able to play in the snow was false. He played a pretty good game in the snow. So, anyway, I digress on that. But I think McDermott's defense is going to step up and be a little more of that aggressive that we remember, you know, and utilizing the edge rushers, the front, the front men, like right on the line. You got to get. I don't. I don't know what's going on with Ed Oliver. I really don't because I was really hyped when we drafted him, and after his first season, he looked really promising, and then has not made a jump you know what I mean he hasn't really popped up and gone any further but he made a jump when Von Miller was in the lineup I mean our whole our defensive line as a whole did and that's to be expected when you have a perennial you know pro bowl all pro pass rusher you know that means everyone else is pretty much facing exclusively one-on-ones and it's a lot easier when you're going one-on-one than having to try and you know face a double team and then just having that tutelage of Von Miller I'll say about Ed Oliver I that's who I wanted us to pick that year as well Um, I think he's a good run defender I just don't think he's made as much strides as a pass rusher as you'd like to see it was lofty but but, you know, around the time Oliver got drafted, I mean, I thought, you know, it's it's highly unlikely he's going to become Aaron Donald. But, I mean, he was that Aaron Donald type, like undersized defensive tackle, about 280 pounds, you know, uber athletic. And if he can develop his pass rush skills, not going to say he can be on that level, but he can be, you know, that type of player. And he just hasn't really developed as much as a pass rusher as you'd like to see. I mean, he's had moments but uh, I would have expected him to be a lot better of a pass rusher at this point than he is. Still think he's a terrific run defender. Yeah, No, you're absolutely right on that. And I, I hope to see a jump this season. He's on his fifth-year option, correct? Or was that Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I would really say it may be look, – I'm looking at the 2019 draft class, the first round at least, and, uh, you know, Bills picked that Oliver, number nine. Uh, and a little bit later – you got a guy uh, on the Bills East of, 
the New York Giants called Dexter Lawrence, Mm -hmm. who went pick number 17. So, I I mean, it could just have been that, hey, we like Ed a little bit better. And, um, you know, maybe Ed still, I I still think he has a lot to give. I'm not unhappy with the pick. Um, You know, it it really the the big thing that's worrying about me for defensive tackle-wise is the future of the defensive tackle and D line. I mean, we have no defensive tackles after this year. So everybody you're looking at, who's a defensive tackle on the bills right now, ain't going to be around next season. If they don't come back, you know, if Daquan doesn't decide to resign, if Ed doesn't want to come back, if Phillips or settle don't want to come back, they won't be here. They'll be on free agency. They'll be out on free agency on the market. Um, and, and same with the defensive ends. I mean, we only have Von Miller through 2024. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he is the longest tenured on that defensive line. So that means Rousseau could be gone at that point. Basham could be gone at that point. Shaq again. If anybody wants to take Epinenza. Uh, I don't know if anyone wants him. But, uh, I mean, he had a pretty good sack record last year. When Von got hurt, he kind of stepped up, which was nice. But... Um, he's got to show some improvement too to really have any trade value. So, really, I, I'm more worried about the future of everything. I know Bean and McDermott have a plan; they always have a plan. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if I see in the second round, or maybe even the first, if we want to go that far, a defensive tackle or a defensive end. I I wouldn't be surprised. I I mean, I know everybody wants them to take offense. But uh, I think Bean even said this, that, you know, we know everybody wants us to take offense, but we're going to take the best player available. And that, to me, at least sounds like, we don't care what you think. We're going to take who we want. (laughs) We don't care. We're going to do what's best for this future of this team. And uh, I I think even Bean recognized it that, like, hey, our future is a little dim at the defensive line and defensive tackle. Um, so I, I mean, they're very aware of the situation. It's just very hard to, to deal with it with, you know, the cap, um, you know, what you do with the cap space. Are you going to restructure more people or what are you going to do? I mean, uh, I, I think that's where my head is as defensive tackle wise, instead of just focusing on Ed Oliver or, you know, Russo or Epinenza or somebody along the lines. Yeah. Uh, so then, you know, sense of depressors, McDermott went out and he said, oh, I'm excited to call plays next season. You know, I'm ready to roll up my sleeves again and <laughs> get in the film room and sleep in there until, you know, whatever time it is. And what, what really got me was they said 90% of people are at the voluntary workouts, which is, I, I, I would think, a very high number for you know, a team with not a lot of cap space uh, because that means that whoever you signed or, you know, they are happy with their deals. They, they are fine with them. They don't want anything more. Maybe one or two are missing out because of, you know, they want to be with their family or something like it, it's voluntary workouts. I'm not going to take everything off voluntary workouts, uh, but Everybody is just going off on Stefan Diggs is not at voluntary workouts. That means he wants to be traded. That means he wants to be released. Oh, he's a social media diva. Like, shut up. Please. Like, I, I would really appreciate that if 
<clears throat> Everybody would let Diggs do what Diggs wants. He's in Coachella. That's I, why he's not yeah, there. Yeah, like... We, we Josh don't Allen need even, to take this too far. No, no, because Wait, then guess what? He's going to get even more upset, and he's just going to do it. He's going to do it more to get more of a reaction out of people. So the more you react, the more he's going to do it at the end of the day. I, I mean, I really think it's stupid that everybody's just going to take the digs topic and run with it. And I know that's something like, oh, if there's something that could strike gold, go and take it. But it's like there's nothing really there. He's happy. He has the contract he wants. He he is fine where he is. I mean, yes, maybe the last couple of seasons has not ended the way he is. Uh, he wanted, but couldn't you say that about every player who doesn't make the playoffs or people who get eliminated in the wild card round? Like, they don't expect their season to be done in a wild card round, or or you know, not even making the playoffs. You think Mike Tomlin expected not to make the playoffs? Like Mike Tomlin's been a very successful coach. Yeah, he always expects to make to the playoffs or at least have a push for it. You know, I, I, I just think we're blowing the digs thing out of proportion just to have something, and it's getting to that point of it's just annoying and let it go. I mean, there's nothing there. I don't care what digs tweets out on April Fool's Day and says somebody come rescue me. Like, dude, it's April Fool's Day. You you understand that, right? Haha. Haha, good joke. Don't do that again. <laughs> don't well, don't scare me. But like, just just leave him alone. That's all you have to yeah. do and then this won't happen. Yeah, I agree with that. I think this whole thing is a big nothing burger. Um the key word with these workouts is voluntary. Voluntary as in you they're not required. You don't have to be there. I mean, what does Stefan Diggs have to prove by being there that he's the number one wide receiver on the team? Like, the guy's gone over, you know, at least 1,200 yards in every season with the Bills. He's had over 150 targets all three years with the Bills, over 100 receptions all three years with the Bills. Like, what does he need to prove that he's the number one receiver next year, that he has chemistry with Josh Allen? These are all things we know. Like, Stephon Diggs literally, Stephon Diggs gains nothing by being by being there and you know everybody's gonna say well oh look at what happened you know at the end of the Bengals game with him like with Josh Allen I mean he's a competitive guy he wants to win when you're when you see your season end, you know three years in succession in the AFC championship game in the divisional game in the divisional game when you know you were thought of as a contender during that time I mean I would be frustrated too like come on when is it finally going to be our time and yeah with all the work that Stefan Diggs puts has put in over the years and continue to put in to you know put all that work in and to see it you know amount to nil every year I would be ticked off too if I was him and you know people tend to act out when they're fueled by emotion and I think that's what we saw from Stefan Diggs but I'm I'm not worried I'm I'm just not worried about it big nothing burger like I said voluntary doesn't even need to be there doesn't have anything else to prove like come on people with that we're gonna head to our first break of the day. And uh, when we come back, we're going to continue the NFL trade. Uh, the NFL train. Uh, uh, I almost did trade because there is a trade uh, between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Rams uh, for wide receiver Allen Robinson. Uh, we'll also continue with uh, moving over to NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Sabres, uh, because they had their presser. And then I got a game at the end, and if we have time, we'll go over MLB and whatever else there may be in the sp- sports world. 
So keep listening to the Blitz on 91.3 FM. Bills 56% on third down, but it's third and 10, going into the wind, way down the field. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be 98 yards to Gabe Davis. A 98-yard explosion. Josh Allen to Gabe Davis. What an incredible read and what a run by Davis. Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM WVNY. And that was the 98-yard touchdown that Josh Allen threw to Gabe Davis against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And man, what a touchdown that was. And we can't stop talking about him. Nobody can stop talking about him. Because even at the presser, everybody was like, what's the extension like? Have you started talking to Gabe Davis yet about extension? You you want him to say here? And uh, Brandon Bean's like, now nah, we're focused about the draft. We'll we'll go evaluate after the draft. But uh, I I mean I want to ask. I mean, should the Bills be trying to sign him right now before, or or at least trying to extend him before maybe some bigger names get paid, like a, a T Higgins. You know that's been big. Uh, Allen Robinson just getting traded. From the Rams, if he gets a big contract after this season, if he proves his worth. Um, and, and what other, you know, there's a bunch of guys who will probably get paid, at, at least at the wide receiver position, next offseason. So would it be smart for the Bills right now to say, hey, we'll, we'll sign you to this deal if you'll take this right now and move on our, with our day? Yeah, I would think about it if I were us, although if I was Gabe Davis, I would be in no rush to sign an extension. I would probably bet on myself, because if Gabe Davis has any self-awareness, he would probably be thinking, okay, I didn't really have as good of a season this year as I would have hoped, so I'd be betting on myself. I mean, we've seen, you know, the highs with Gabe Davis are incredibly high, but the consistency, particularly this past season, just just wasn't there. So if I was the organization, I, you know, I would be weighing heavily on uh, trying to to get to the table with him right now and hammer out an extension and get him for the low, you know, before some of these other guys, like you mentioned, like a T Higgins gets paid. But if I'm Gabe Davis, knowing that this season, you know, wasn't the best thing that I've done in my career, the best that I have to offer, I'd want to wait it out and bet on myself and try and uh, cash in and up my value a little bit because I think, you know, Right now, his market value is probably lower than, you know, it could be, you know, say a year from now. So if I was the organization, I'd love to hammer one out right now because his price point would probably be lower. But if I were him, I'd, you know, wait it out and just bet on myself this year to try and up my value. Yeah, I would agree with that. If only it was coming off of the four touchdown performance of that playoff game, he'd have some crazy hype going into an extension. But Mm -hmm. I, I think you're absolutely right in the fact that he... I think he's going to do much better this season, and he'll use this season as his negotiation uh, for his extension, for sure, for the money he he deserves. Because other big names that will be getting a payday at least next year, Mike Evans will be out there. Odell Beckham will be out there. Um, I I know Evan always says they're the best uh, wide receiver trio in the league, so here, Evan Harrington, Tyler Boyd will be out there. Uh you know, Jerry Judy will be on a club option. CD Lamb will be on a club option. 
Justin Jefferson will be on a club option. If Justin Jefferson, he's going to break the market, if yeah. anything. Yeah. So I that's why I brought it up, because Michael Pittman will be out there. Calvin Ridley, Marquise Brown. I mean, a lot of good, or at least somewhat like bottom wide receiver number ones, top wide receiver twos, will be out there next year saying, hey, I'm ready to get paid again. Like, I'm I'm definitely good to go. Yeah. Speaking of getting paid, there's a little bit of not breaking news, but from our boy Shifty Schefter, if you guys are interested. All right. Let it fly. So Dak Prescott's on his podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Adam Schefter's podcast. I can't. Who would listen to that is the real question. But uh, Dak Prescott's or Alex Schefter's? Because Ad- I'm kind of thinking Adam, no to both. Adam Sch- Adam Schefter's podcast. Dak Prescott joined and said, I support those guys getting their money. <clears throat> Hopefully Lamar is next and he tops Jalen. Oh, that's just because he wants a bigger contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that's that's how that market's going. Even though he's not that great, he just wants to get paid more. Josh Allen's deal looks better and better every day. Every, oh, it every does. day a new deal is made. So I'm I mean, that's the big thing is you know, Lamar's looking for that money. I mean, what yeah, is what is <laughs> what is Josh Allen right now? Like seventh in the NFL. In I terms believe of it's number his... eight. Mahomes is sixth. Jack or Josh is seventh. I, I mean, believe that's unreal. Props to those organizations for giving uh, their quarterbacks their contracts when they did. Obviously, talking about the Chiefs and the Bills. I mean, to have. I mean. Josh Allen is top three quarterback in the NFL at the worst, and Mahomes, I would say, is the undisputed best. So to have those guys locked up, you know, for not even as much as they should be worth, like if you want to talk about the two highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, that should probably probably be it in Mahomes and Allen. But to have those guys locked up as like sixth and seventh in terms of annual value, I mean, that's just that's tremendous work by both those organizations. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bills fan. I mean, that's. I mean, you look at guys like no disrespect to Jalen Hurts, but he's now the highest paid NFL player ever. Like, yeah, that's uh, that's that's risky. I mean, yes, that's... they made it to the Super Bowl, but it's been one season. You and know what I mean? Look how loaded that team was. I mean, on offense, you have probably the best offensive line in the NFL. You have a wide receiver, number one in A.J. Brown. You have a guy that probably could be a number one anywhere else in Devontae Smith. Um, look at the tight ends they had with Dallas Goddard. And then on defense, they were loaded at every level on defense. I mean, that front seven is just loaded. Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, even on the back end with, uh, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Darius Slay, James Bradbury. Like, they were loaded in every unit on that team. So, I mean, that's not to discount, you know, anything Jalen Hurts did last year. Like, he improved tremendously as a passer. I mean, you look at the playoff game the year before this pass against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay made Jalen Hurts play quarterback, and he couldn't beat him. But he, mm-hmm. in the offseason, he improved. He got much better as a passer. So I'm not trying to take anything away from Jalen Hurts, but I think, you know, as having as good of a team as he did around him was as big of a contributing factor as anything else as to why they made the Super Bowl. I mean, the thing with Dak Prescott saying that his contract right now, four years, $160 million, $95 million guaranteed. So he's making $31 million a year. He got a signing bonus of $66 million. I'd be happy to make $1 million a year. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. That, like, that, I, I think any like, of on. us would like, be. I, I don't understand. I, I do, but I don't because you're looking at it as value for your talent. But at the same time, uh, 
you know, these 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 athletes at this point, like Jalen Hurts, how much how much is guaranteed? One hundred forty nine million dollars guaranteed, or something like that. Uh, I believe it is one hundred seventy nine point three. One hundred seventy nine point three million. He's number guaranteed. three in the league. He's behind Kyler and oh, Deshaun. What a oh my god! I, Deshaun Watson just ruined the entirety of the NFL making a deal with a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Like, the agent. the Browns, of course, had to mess that up, right? Uh-huh. I mean, like of all the teams to do it's it, so right? on par for the sh- the. Oh my god! Oh, oh. We almost had a dump button in part two. No, no, no. Oh, man. You know what? Let's do it for them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's, yeah. Just let it fly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it. Yeah, no, it's it's just the, the stupid Cleveland Browns, of course, right? What a poverty franchise that's paying out big bucks somehow. I, I don't know. It's just you ruined it. Hey, they, you ruined it. They, <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> they got rid of Baker Mayfield because they wanted an adult and quarterback. And then on the same side, they went, all right, you know what screams adult? A guy that has you know 27 or 28 sexual assault charges. Let's throw this guy 200. It's all civil, though, Tanner. It's not criminal. Let's yeah, give him civil. 250 whatever was million dollars guaranteed. That's an adult right there. Oh, my gosh. Cleveland, man, they're a scorned franchise, but it's – mostly in part because their own doing. I feel bad for the fans that they have to endure this nonsense year in and year out, but, oh, man. Yeah, Who Browns better fans. than the Browns to do something like that? I mean, could My you My cousin guys... lives in Cleveland. He's a Browns fan. Uh, oh, God. May God have mercy on his soul. Well, actually, <laughs> actually, his wife's a Browns fan, and he's a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Oh, okay. Mm, there you go. We got a dynamic there. But yeah. uh, the Bengals was tough after this season, but, yeah, the Browns just – uh, I just want to vomit when I hear their name. You know who name? Never mind. I'm not even gonna get into this because I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on a Browns tangent here. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop while we're ahead. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm okay with you. Okay with it. Who names your team the Cleveland Browns and has an orange helmet as Paul your mascot? It, it's named after their owner, Paul Brown. Okay, well that's a little. That'd be like imagine if we were. The Buffalo Wilson Juniors. Like that, well, that would he be named horrible. the stadium after yeah, 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 him. So I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, like that's, <laughs> that's different. Still part though. of it. That's, that's different. Like narcissism at its finest. Yeah. though. Either I'm going to name a football team after myself. Then, then let's put a goofy elf as their mascot. That's right up there. <laughs> that's right up there with Major Tutty and the Washington Commanders. <laughs> the stupid pig with the cigar in its mouth. I can't. Like it's Dan Snyder's gone though. I think. It's at, uh, not their owner. Not their owner. I got that wrong. Their first head coach. Oh, okay. All right. That might be that's, – that's acceptable. Okay? I'll take that. Make your logo brown, though. Like, that would make sense. Why orange? And why did you get rid of the elf, which is an actual logo, and just replace it with your orange helmet? I don't know why question. they never stuck with the dog pound and trying to keep in with the dogs. I mean, I, I, I would be for the, the Cleveland Bulldogs or something. Yeah, I mean, like uh, I think it would be better than the Cleveland Browns, where well, all your your logo is is either in uh, a, a ripoff of Santa's elf, yeah, or it's the Keebler elf actually yeah, making cookies, like, yeah, yeah, exactly, the fudge stripes, yeah. Or, I mean, that's or, really it. Or you really just put like an orange helmet on there? Well, I I just which don't, is like so boring. I don't get it. I really don't. Every other NFL logo and team, you can really come back with and say, okay, here's where it came from, like Buffalo Bills. Yeah. It's Buffalo Bill, right? Which looking back on it is not the greatest choice, but I mean like it works because we're not uh, the old logo used to be a dude in the football uniform with a buffalo. Like it w- it was very different. 
you had an elf, you had a mascot, and then you just throw it away for an orange helmet. Like that to me, I I don't understand that. Um, I don't understand how you pay a quarterback that much money and think that's okay. Um, especially, yeah, let's drop our prospect quarterback who's you know shown good things, but he's also playing with a torn. What did he have? He had a, some in his shoulder that was torn, right? Rotator cuff or something? Maybe I don't remember. Yeah, on his th- on his non throwing arm, right? Which still, Josh Allen had the same injury, right? And that was tough, but it wasn't torn; it was just strained. Where Baker tore his and was playing through it and got tackled and taken to the ground with it. Yeah. You get rid of that guy for a sex offender? Like, come on! Like, let's just be let's be let's be honest here, right? Let's be honest. Like, I don't understand. I truly don't. I, I cannot get behind the Browns organization. You ruined the financials for the rest of the league. You did. You ruined every minute of it. And then you just, I don't know. I don't know. It, they, they, it did not. I, I'm done. That's, that's my rant for the day. I assume we'll have another chat about this momentarily. Well, plus Baker Mayfield was the guy that broke the, uh, the playoff drought. Yeah. I don't know. That's the guy you invest in, you drafted in, and he's a young guy. I get it. He's Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, he was kind of lackluster at that point in time, but you never know. Well, I mean, Deshaun Watson was kind of lackluster, too, when he stepped on the field last year. Yeah, yeah, very, very. We have another caller. Oh, two in a day. Look at that. Two in a day. I know. It's like, oh, my God, we only need a couple more for a record. What's the record? I don't know. (laughs) We got it right on the wall somewhere. We got to, like, put it somewhere around here in studio a at least terry uh we could probably put it in one of the cabinets i don't know uh but on the line is of course one of our most current callers most one of our most i think best callers oh absolutely and one of our favorite callers mr smith how are you you guys you you i'm blushing i'm blushing (laughs) But I'll take it. So I've come to love you guys. I really mean you got something. I may have to be your agent because maybe we can syndicate this or get this coast to coast. Let's go. Come on. We'll take it. I'm serious. I've listened to you guys, and you grew on me, and I listen, and sometimes I'm on call. I just enjoy it. So, um, and I don't just want to call in. My brother's a lawyer, and I visited him recently and said, everybody's got a microphone. That's the problem. Everybody thinks I have something to say. Keep it to yourself. You guys have things to say. You need to share it, and you get me stimulated. Get my juices flowing. Mm-hmm. So I won't belabor this. Uh, I was listening to Tech Prescott talk. Don't hate me. you got to have a team. I'm not from Buffalo originally. I'm a Connecticut native, the Hartford Smiths, and I was a Cowboy fan since I was a little boy. You know, I grew up with Roger Staubach, uh, 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 the Hill uh, running back, uh, you know, Too Tall Jones, Hollywood Henderson, Roger Staubach, come on, Mr. Two-Minute Offense, Roger the Dodger, Coach Landry, a real coach. Anyway, Dak fizzled in the postseason till if I thought the ring was a real diamond, then I have to double-check it. It's Diamondique. He didn't bring it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm very critical on a player. You're a multimillion-dollar player. Get her done. We, yeah, Jimmy Johnson was looking for a ring, and so was I. I know they already have five, but I want to make it six. Then Jalen Hurts, you guys spoke of him, and you said a few things. Here's the kicker. The only reason I think that the Eagles didn't win with Jalen, one, he did have the shoulder injury, and he still made a move. Two, sheer experience. 
the boy hadn't been to a Super Bowl before. Mm-hmm. But being under that kind of pressure and facing the Chiefs, what are you talking about? Staring down the double-barrel shotgun of the Chiefs, triple barrel, the offense, the coach, and then Patrick Mahomes, who doesn't know how to say die, never surrender, never said the man. He should have seminars. I'm going to go. So he made that happen. Jalen went out there and scored quickly. Boom, shakalaka. Now, are you joking me? So I think you had number one and number two. Josh Allen, I'm going to pull him into the mix. And I know the Buffalo Bills fans are going to hate this. There was a rumor, and I will preface it with a rumor, that toward the back end of the season, he got another lady with child that wasn't his girlfriend, and it was a domestic role, nothing criminal or civil, just if you, you were guys. If you're dating a gal and her girlfriend says your boyfriend got me, and so he was under some kind of stress. That comes mm-hmm. from a, a, a source that I know that knows players, and so it looked like he stumbled a little bit. But here's the kicker. Joshy, baby, you got to get it done. In addition, I think the coaching definitely failed at the back end of the season. So I don't want to say a lot. Someone watching said a few things, but Jalen Hurts, guess what? I see them going back. Uh, And also Patrick Mahomes, he is something else. He's a true phenom. Hurt, what? He was hurt. He didn't care. I'm going to get this done. I need this. We need players. No excuses. Also, the Bills, they shouldn't have let Cole Beasley go to begin with. They should have kept him. And I think if they had had Von Miller, it would have made a huge difference. So there's a lot of football to play in the upcoming season. And teams, be for real, you got a lot of work to be done. And getting rid of Baker Mayfield, if I had a team, I would have taken him. I'm not going to say anything else because I love you guys and you get me going. So <laughs> I said my part and I'm going to let you take it from there, guys. Until next time. Thank right, you so thank much. You. Yeah, thanks for the call. I heard that same story a couple months ago. about Yeah, about yeah he, we, we, we were sitting were at lunch to... out in the union um, right after. It was probably a week after the Bengals game. Right? Yeah, I would think so. And yeah. It was it was. Yeah, it was fresh start of the. Or what, was it? Yes, it, it had to have been. It was right after the Bengals game. Mm hmm. And I I had heard from a source who I'm not at liberty to really mention on air right now that that had happened, and uh, I'm like, okay, well that kind of that might explain why someone's head wasn't so in it, or you know what I mean, struggle and whatnot. But I didn't want to believe it at first, but uh, surmounting evidence over the past week, where you know it's kind of been, I guess. Proven. It's all over social media now. Uh, it, well, let's not go that uh, far. This is all alleged. It's alleged. It's alleged. It's alleged. There's just evidence. Some evidence out there that he and his girlfriend are done. As I mentioned earlier in the the show, we got to be careful with this one, Joe. We, we just do. got over talking about defamation in yeah. our media <laughs> law class. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to be very careful about it. But we're uh, not making any false statements of fact here. This nope. is just alleged. It's alleged from sources around the city, I guess. And take it with a grain of salt, truthfully, because I did. And uh, I still don't want to necessarily believe anything. I don't it. really believe it yet. I, well, I, it's, I, until they say something right. publicly to me, I'm not going to take it as it's real. I don't care who you unfollow or who you do on this. Yeah, like I, I just think social media is overblown. In well, the sense we, that we, we talk we about it with the whole so Stefan Diggs thing, right? Yeah. Right? So it's like I, I think at the same time, while there is some stuff that could point to it being somewhat there, right? But. I I choose not to necessarily believe it. That's why I didn't say anything about it months ago when I first heard about all of that. You know what I mean? And um, 
one of our buddies was trying to get me to whistleblow it on my podcast, but yeah, I was like, we're, right. we're going like, to avoid that say, at all costs. Say, yeah, don't, say, break it, break yeah, it. <laughs> I do. I did not want to do that, nor do I want to do it now. So it's just, um, I know that story you mentioned, Mr. Smith, um, and it's just, I think, uh, it's it, it's unfortunate if it's true, but we don't know. So we can't really speak any further on that. But You know what? If that is true, I'll say maybe you could just say I'm making excuses because I'm a Bills fan. But that's one thing that I really think derailed our season. I mean, look at everything that happened to this this group in less than a calendar year. I mean, you had the top shooting. You had the winter storm that was the worst since, I don't know, the 70s. 77. You had yeah. Kim Pagula, the co-owner of the team, you know, having an incident going into cardiac arrest. You had the DeMar Hamlin incident broadcast on national television. And then if, you know, this uh, this matter in Josh's personal life, if that's true, I mean, there's only so much strife that one team can go through in less than a calendar year. I think they just got tired mentally. Yeah. See, I mean, it seemed it like is the, mentally exhausting going through all that. You it know? seemed like the the deck was stacked against them all year. I mean, you have you know just constant tragedy and turmoil, one thing after the next. It's like a team can only take so much, and that coupled with you know, playing football, which is a blood sport. It's physically and mentally grueling. I just think they got burned out towards the end, especially if, you know, what's going on between Josh and his, uh, and his partner is true. I think that all just like with other factors, of course, I mean, injuries obviously played a part, but just the, the mental strife that this team, everything they went through in less than a calendar year, they just got tired out mentally and it all, it all came to a head against Cincinnati. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, you get fried. Your brain can only take so much. And they were carrying the weight of the city on their back, too. Mm-hmm. So that adds a whole other magnitude to it. So I don't know. It, again, I don't want to believe it. I really don't. But at the same time, um, we'll have to see in the coming weeks. If anything's ever made public, something might never be made public, right? Like, we, we have no idea. So they could it, it could just all be hush-hush. We have no idea. Anything. So, uh, again, not confirming or denying anything has or will happen. But... Uh, you know, just kind of laying it out there. What's the, the Twitterverse has been all around it the past <laughs> couple of days. So if you want to learn more, just look on Twitter and you'll you'll find something. So I'll tell you what, I hate to say this because I don't want to make light out of any personal strife that Josh Allen might be going through. But if this is indeed true and Josh Allen is now a single man, I know the phrase is hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Well, as far as the NFL is concerned, it's hell hath no fury like a Josh Allen scorned. Like if there's any Kanye West fans listening, this is going to be Josh Allen's 808s and heartbreak uh, season like he's he's gonna be on a tear he got his heart broken and now he's gonna take it out on the rest of the NFL we might be talking like 5,500 6,000 total yards like 50 total touchdowns like you know obviously like I said I hate to I hate to make light of a situation like that if it's true but he's on a mission now I mean people were we're joking about it on Twitter the other day. Like Josh Allen said, at this point, I've never been as focused on football as I am now. And everyone, yeah, why would he say that? Everyone read that as, oh, yeah, he's definitely a single man. <laughs> but, yeah. hey, you know what? He's a man on a mission now. Not that he wasn't before, but as a Bills fan, you love to hear it. I mean, at the end of the day, I hope that he's happy personally and in a good place off the field. But, hey, you know what? If the rumors are true and he's a single man and he's as locked in as ever, I'd be scared if I was the rest of the NFL just – be weary. Yeah. Be weary. He's in his villain era now. Now, one more thing before we had to break. I wanted to get your thoughts on Allen Robinson being traded to Pittsburgh Steelers, even though it's not 
officially official yet. It, it was reported that the Rams don't want him no more. So we'll do a little seventh pick swap. I am not speaking and, any word on him. And, because... we'll, uh, and, and Pittsburgh only has to pay $5 million of his remaining salary, which is very cheap considering it's Pittsburgh, uh, which is good for them because they, they fit in with their mantra still. Play, uh, pay players very cheaply. Uh, so what are your thoughts about Allen Robinson kind of making a trio with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens? He ruined about four of my fantasy seasons last year, so I'm not speaking a word on him. Oh, yeah, I know he did. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm not even... I, I, you I, tried to trade him and nobody wanted him. I did, I did, and I am not speaking anything on him because I think he's going to do the same thing in Pittsburgh. I, I like this pickup for Pittsburgh. I think he's a good player. Um, Sorry, I have a personal vent that I guess I can't be unbiased. I mean, this is a guy that's only two seasons removed from playing all 16 games in Chicago, catching 102 of 151 targets, putting up 1,250 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, the last two seasons with Chicago and L.A. respectively, he's been kind of marred by bad quarterback play as well as injuries. Not to say that, you know, Kenny Pickett is the best quarterback out there, but, um, you know, he's got a re- two really good receivers that he's uh, playing along with. Obviously, George Pickens was a revelation as a rookie out of Georgia, and Deontay Johnson is a very good receiver, you know, albeit he struggles with drops here from time to time, but they have a really nice uh, trio, and if you're Kenny Pickett, I mean, you have a really nice gambit of pass catchers to work with now going into your sophomore season with Pickens, with Deontay Johnson, with Allen Robinson, with Pat Fryermuth. Uh, really, the only thing that's missing in Pittsburgh is that offensive line. So, you know, they need to work on that. But as far as their pass catching group goes, you know, it's looking really good. And then you add a veteran with Allen Robinson, who's proven that he can be at the very least a low end receiver one or a high end receiver two. You know, I think he could be uh, primed for a bounce back year with Pittsburgh. And with that, we're going to head to another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. I have a game set up. So if if there's time, there will be a game, and Joe is shaking his head like, why am I here for this? The one time I show up per week, <laughs> and, and I have to play one of Dan's games, one of Dan's stupid games. You're you're off, bud. You you can't talk into the mic. You you get nothing, nothing. I say, I have control here. I don't know. I'm going on rant how I have control of the board now. Uh, But when we come back, we're going to talk about all those things. Keep listening to The Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo. Buffalo's original alternative since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. Carries. Pavelski in the left wing corner. Backhands one off the outside of the net and goes flying. He gets blown up by Dumba. Pavelski is hurt. And as you would expect, the Stars are defending Pavelski, and that's Domi throwing haymakers. Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM. Uh, That was Matt Dumba hitting Joe Pavelski. Uh, I'm having trouble with names here. Oh, geez, that's not good if I'm having trouble with names already. I know the clip. Oh, jeez. Welcome back to the Blitz. I'm Double D, uh, joined by Joe Kelly and Tanner Saunders. And that was from night, I believe, number one of the NHL playoffs. And, man, has it been an exciting NHL playoffs. I mean, Frank isn't here, uh, but I know he wouldn't be happy. 
because Boston won the first game uh, in the series uh, just because Boston is Boston and Frank overhyped the Panthers by a, a long shot. Joe, you weren't here for, for last show. Who's your prediction to win the Stanley Cup? Boston. Boston against who and in how many games? Yeah. Boston against... I did this on my podcast this morning. Hang on. Let me, get, let me think back to what I said. I got to keep it consistent. Think, Neutron. Think. <laughs> brain Boston. Brain I, I had him against Colorado, and Boston wins it in seven. Oh, so you have Colorado making it back. I have Colorado making it back. Dan, yeah. can you rehash yours? I can't remember. Uh, mine was the Hurricanes winning it all over the Oilers in seven. And I had Edmonton against the Rangers, Edmonton in six. And then Frank had the Panthers going all the way. And I don't remember who. <laughs> of had course them he did. Of course. What a, oh my yeah. god! Yeah. What, what a, a homer! Oh god! What a Panthers homer! On the same Gross. day, he says the no-no word. Right. Oh, he should have been kicked <laughs> off Frank the show. Was on a Frank, roll. you're not coming back. He was you're in done. rare form on Monday. Oh, I. I don't know what I would have done if I was here to see that. I'm going to be honest. Oh, you would have left and <laughs> ran out the studio. That's what you would have done. It's funny. It is. It's really funny. But uh, game ones are all finished up. Uh, the Hurricanes beat the Islanders 2-1. to one. The Bruins beat the Panthers 3-1. to one. The Wild beat the Stars 3-2 to two in double overtime. Who doesn't love a good double overtime? Uh, and then the Kings beat the Oilers 4-3 to three in overtime. The Rangers beat the Devils yesterday 5-1. to one. Then Tampa Bay uh, embarrassed the Toronto Maple Leafs like they always do, 7-3. to three. <laughs> And then we have Jack Eichel no-show yeah, speaking game. Speaking of getting embarrassed. Uh, the Jack Eichel no-show game with the Winnipeg Jets being the Vegas Golden Knights 5-1. to one. And then the Kraken make their first win in fr- – First playoff win in franchise history over the Avalanche, three to one. Maybe you guys can explain this to me because I'm just baffled. Like when I first heard when I was getting into hockey that the Vegas Golden Knights made the Stanley Cup their first year as an expansion franchise, I'm like, how is that even possible? And then you got the Kraken. This is only their second year in existence, right? And then they come in in game one, they knock off the reigning Stanley Cup championships. Like, how do expansion teams, how are they always so good right off the bat? Well, um, that's, I, I think there's a good, you know, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to stall myself for thinking. <laughs> what do you, uh, do you want, can you, can you repeat that one more time? He said, why are expansion teams always so good at the beginning? Because like, they can draft from teams who are already, you know what I mean? That like, is uh, true. The expansion drafts really help because you're like, oh. This guy, I could pick one from each team. All right, who's the best on each team? Like, you know, that right. kind of thing. So, and, and the teams only get a select few to save. Right. Yeah. So there's always probably you're one or have two guys. You're going to have a top four or five guy you're going to pick up from each team if you really want to. I, you mean, I mean, if you remember, uh, I don't know if you know this, Tanner, but when the Kraken did do their expansion draft, Who one of the guys. the Sabres? Will Borgen. That's who I was getting to. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to jump. No, your, you're your okay. There. I, was, was, uh, I didn't know if you were going there or not. He was a very ag- aggressive defenseman. Mm-hmm. Very young. He is a very young guy. I do want to see if he's uh, a right shot because I remember him being really good. He's uh, 26. We drafted him the fourth round with the 
first pick, and he's a right shot defenseman. Oh, lucky. he's six three, two hundred and four pounds. So thanks a lot, Kraken. Yeah, no, he was one of the up and coming stars, and uh, yep, and they snatched him right out of our hand. Yeah, and I think we also let. Kyle Pozo be available to take? We did. He was he was available if I they was, wanted him. I was hoping they would take a Pozo. <laughs> I, I really was. I was like, please, I like Borgen. Please do not take him. Please take first Kyle thing, Pozo. First thing they did was take Borgen. Yeah, yeah. It, it was horrible. They knew exactly what they were doing. It's like Vegas. Vegas got the chance to uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins let up Marc-Andre Fleury mm-hmm. because they thought he was old and he was getting done with. So they were able to just get a number one goalie out of the expansion draft. And remember, they get a lot of money because it's a brand brand new funded team. There's no like, you know, they're going to sell a lot of tickets right away. They're going to get a lot of marketing. So they get a lot of money fed to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easy for them to say, hey, we got really good picks here. They're like, do you just want to trade for them? Hey, you don't want this guy. We got a lot of money because we're brand new. Why don't you trade us this guy? You know, you you see Vegas make trades all the time because oh, yeah. they just have the money there. I, I mean, there's a reason why they have uh, Eichel and Riley Smith and Mark Stone and Shea Weber they had for a short period of time before he uh, got injured and his career's over. I, I, I mean, they almost have, like, they usually have a good I would say six, seven guys, always, Vegas, always. And they don't care if they're over the cap or not. They're like, eh, eh, we got the betting money. It's okay. We don't care. But I think there's also a a thing with the coaches. If you get a really good coach, because usually there's always one or two who, who just uh, are, are out there who are really decent at their job. And I think it was Pete DeBoer who was their coach during the first couple of years um, before he got released this past season uh, because I don't think Eichel wanted him anymore because Eichel gets what Eichel wants. Uh, oh, crybaby Eichel. Crybaby Eichel. Uh, but Pete DeBoer is one of the best head coaches in the NHL right now. Um, I forget where he went. But, um, you know, he's always been one of the top guys. He is now with Dallas. Yeah, he's with Dallas now. So, and, and look at Dallas. Dallas is a very high-scoring offense. Who is? I, I mean, as long as you have, I think as an expansion team, a you can probably get a good first, second, and third line from the expansion draft. Pretty easily. Yeah, you've got the top half of your team easy, and that's why a lot of these teams are halfway decent right out the gate is because they can carefully pick, and they have all the film in the world to look at and see how these guys are doing. And like Dan said, your first three lines and two top, I would say top two defensive pairings are figured out. And it even takes a year sometimes. I mean, the Kraken did have to take the year. They, they weren't good last year in their inaugural season. They were near the bottom I would think right if I'm remembering this correctly they weren't really that great um and you know it it took just the free agency getting a trade here or there and look at them now they're like hey we're we're a playoff team uh so I I just think it it I think it's a lot easier 
being a brand new team in this day and age than it was in the past. I mean, remember, the Sabres were even good in their inaugural season. They were with uh, Coach Imlech. Yep. Coach Inlet. Yep. Yep. And, and he was he was one of the be- he's one of the best coaches all time. The only team he didn't win a Stanley Cup with is the Buffalo Sabres. But he had a great team. He Punch Inlet was is one of the best coaches in NHL history. Uh, it, it's unlucky that the Sabres could never do anything with that. And even with a good team, um, I don't know if there was an expansion. There were like, was like what four teams in that expansion draft uh, when the Sabres joined. I, I forget how that worked. You know, I, I don't really uh, – I've never really paid attention to the expansion <laughs> drafts. Uh, I, I might. The next one they do, I might even look back at Seattle's tonight after the show. Because, here, I can tell you who they protected in 2021, which was when the Kraken came in, I believe. Um, and who they protected was Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, Victor Olson. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh Casey Milstead. Big W in hindsight. Tage Thompson. Huge W in hindsight. Rasmus Asplund. Uh rough. Andres Bjork. Very rough. So we left exposed. Gergensen, Skinner, Opozo. Oh, wow. CJ Smith. Whoa. I don't know who CJ Smith no, is. No, 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 no. He was he was actually was he half decent? I, forget. I think it was a half decent project prospect. Let me see. Uh, Andrew Aguivi. I I think that's uh, if I butchered that last name, I'm sorry. Uh, Riley Shahan, Cody Eakin, and Tobias Ryder. No, Reeder. he C.J. Smith is playing for the Hartford Wolfpack in the AHL. Yeah, he's not that good. Uh, and then <laughs> on defense, uh, the Sabers protected Rasmus Ristolainen. Oh my! Rasmus Dalin and Henry Yokiharu. And then we we left exposed, of course, Will Borgen, who got taken, uh, Matt Irwin, Colin Miller, Brandon Davidson, and Jake McCabe. And then goalies, we protected Allmark and left exposed, Tukarski, Hudden, and Michael Hauser. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Man, that's insane. They left Jeff Skinner. Well, this would have been when Skinner was in Kruger's doghouse, right? Yeah. All right. Could you imagine? More like locked up and chained up in the basement, not even in the doghouse. He's gone. Boy, could you imagine if they would have taken? I mean, obviously they didn't, and for good reason, because everyone thought probably at that time that Skinner was washed and just not a good player. When in reality, he was just in Kruger's doghouse. But man, that's amazing how one decision could have like changed the entire trajectory of our franchise. Could you imagine if we didn't have Jeff Skinner on the first line this year? That's a big hole right there. Yeah, no, I, I have the 1970 draft expansion up, uh, which included the Sabres and the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, we actually got the first pick. Uh, so we selected from the Boston Bruins right winger Tom, Tom Webster. Uh, we got from the New York Rangers defenseman Al Hamilton. Uh, also, another one from the New York Rangers, uh, center Don Marshall, who was an NHL All-Star and on the All-Star team. Uh, we got from Pittsburgh, a defenseman, Tracy Pratt, uh, who was an NHL All-Star. Then from the Red Wings, we got Jim Watson, a defenseman. Uh, from the Canadians, we got Francois. Yeah, Francois. Francois, Francois Lacombe. <laughs> 
I, I remember French. If I'm butchering the name, I'm sorry. Uh, he was a defenseman. Then uh, from the St. Louis Blues, we got center Phil Goyetti. Man, I am really bad with names. No, today. these hockey names are tough, man. Yeah. It's not you. Trust me. Uh, from the Philadelphia Flyers, we got defenseman Reg Fleming. Uh, then from another Pittsburgh Pirate pick, uh, defenseman Mike McCann- McCannon. Yeah. Yeah, these are great names that I definitely know. Uh, from the Kings, we got center Skip Cracky or Crack. Uh, let's see. Uh, you, Skip Cracky. <laughs> I love it. I well, love it. K R A K E. Crake. Crake. Okay. Crack. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Crackay. 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 What a horrible sport. <laughs> what a horrible. Croquet. Uh, Croquette. But there's a bunch of other picks because we had to go all the way to 40 picks where we got like two goaltenders at the end. Uh, from Montreal, we got Rocky Farr. And uh, from St. Louis, we got Gary Edwards. Oh. Gear. So, yeah. Good I old mean, Gare. I, I, I mean, <laughs> expansion drafts are always fun. And it's interesting. You you get all-stars or somebody oh. with promise out of them. There's a, there's a game right there. Everyone makes their expansion draft team. Oh my god! And has to pick players from each team. We do a what, big draft. Are we gonna do a? Fi- we're gonna do. Four we're gonna do teams? a mock expansion tra- expansion draft. Five teams with Frank. Oh yeah. yeah. All right, Joe. You came up with the idea. Yeah, you're so I'll, 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 I'll put it together. I'll put it together for. Uh, it, it might not be ready for Friday because that's a lot. Yeah. But next week I'll have it ready. How are you gonna determine what players are protected? Is there gonna yeah, be any protected good, players? Are we gonna um, use the 2021 list? Let's let's use the 2021 list. I think. Or when would we find out the 2022 list? Oh, we wouldn't until we have another expansion there's, draft. There's... Let's use the one the Kraken had to deal with. Then. All right. Okay. okay. There, there, Maybe there's... make some adjustments if yeah, said we players are not more... on each team. We we might need some more uh, people available defending because we have five people and it's like. If it, or if... why don't we just draft one big expansion team? We could do that. Like You know what I mean? Put or our... it's like we could do like we fill out a, a first like a. Uh, I'll think of the just logistics. Like we'll do something. Lineup. I just think that'd be an interesting. No, yeah, it is a very yeah, interesting. That's a great idea. idea. No, that's definitely a, a good game to play. We could even do it as a quote unquote. No. no AHL draft special. No, the after the after dark again. But like, oh, we could do, do after it, dark. Do a live stream where I can use a computer graphic and show what team goes where, and then we can play on the TV. Yeah, we can do all that stuff. We can yeah. figure it out. We'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, because yeah. if it's something before the end of the school year that we plan for, I'm down for that. Even too, during man, the summer. Know? I mean, remember, nobody's here during the summer but us, really. Yeah, but I want to make sure Tan Man can. Oh, Tan Man, I I I don't think we would have a problem bringing him during the summer. If you would be up to it, <laughs> if you would want to come to that show. Well, that's the biggest thing. I, I, If we could do it, like the Blitz After Dark, I'd be down. Because that would be that'd be cool because then we could get other people's opinions on their what, like who they would pick and like who we picked, yeah. I mean, we could always do it on a Friday night if we really wanted to. I mean, I, I know none of us have no, anything nothing. on Friday nights. Nothing. So, yeah, I think we can go with that. We'll, we'll do well, that. We'll talk I have another we'll talk game kind of similar to that that I was going to do next week. Um, just with the Bills and Sabers all time, you got to draft a team through the. Oh yeah, like that's draft cool. And all that oh, stuff. Yeah. So like I'm gonna that. I'm gonna do that. I just gave it away what I'm doing, but we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll do that next week, and then we'll figure out the expansion draft one. Um, coming coming in hot here soon. So, 
before the end of the semester, we'll have a plan. We we promise. But Dan, continue with your expansion draft. I, I apologize for butting in with that. But no, you're okay. I was actually gonna head to break. Oh, that sounds even better. Because let's, let's I, I want to get my game set up. Yeah, let's take a break. Yeah. All right, give with, Dan some time. Give Dan time. Yeah, that's that's the new. Let thing. him cook. Let him cook. Right. <laughs> Let me cook. Yeah. Oh, great! I gotta cook up some music. Uh, you know what music to play, Dan? We're going to cook. Ha ha. <laughs> that's what you got to do. I, I I don't know what this show is anymore. Anybody? I don't. I. You know, I, I'm glad you get to join us for this wild ride that this show always is. Uh, so, your your mic's off, Tanner. <laughs> he just goes aw. Yeah, so is yours, Joe. Uh, <laughs> these guys think I don't turn off their mics. I do. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to play my little game. Uh, it's it's based on the Stanley Cup winners in the NHL. Uh, we're going to see how many the guys can get correct. I'm going to help them as much as I can on the way. Uh, at least in the earlier years. Uh, back when it was first invented because... Man, I didn't even know a couple of those. So keep listening to The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome back to The Blitz on 91.3 FM. And whenever I pull out the funky music, you know what time it is. And no, I did not say a bad word, Joe. Don't you ever try to accuse me of a bad word on this show. I looked up and I was like, what did he just say? Whoa, Tanner and I locked eyes. It's the funky music, man. Man, who doesn't like good good I thought if you replace the N with a C. Yeah, I know what happens. I know. (laughs) I don't want to. We don't need to talk about it. But. Besides that, besides besides that whole problem, I got to quiz the guys. I got to give them at least some game to make them mad at me at some point during the day. It, it's only right. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah I It's do. voluntary at this point. Nope, it's a, <laughs> it's a requirement for me. Uh, so I decided to go back in time and say, hey, could the guys name every NHL Stanley Cup champion? Nope. I can tell you right now, no. Full disclosure, Dan, you said don't go looking up the answers. Yeah. Like, I, I did tell him Monday. Before I knew we were doing this, like two weeks ago, you know those puck personality videos that the NHL posts, little three-minute videos on YouTube? They had one where they had NHL players try and guess every like Stanley Cup championship from like 2000 on. So I did watch that, but that was like two, three weeks ago before I even know this was a thing. So. No, you're, you're, I, you know, that's, that's not your fault. That's... That's the internet's fault for knowing my plans. I'm going to blank plans. on 90% of these. I'm going to tell you right now. All right, sorry. Are we starting from last year and moving backwards? No, or? we're going to start all the way from the back up. Oh, God. Because I feel like it would be easier going that way. Yeah, probably. So we're going to start off in 1918. Oh, my. So just think. Remember, it's got to be the think. original. 1918, you said? 1918. Uh, their, their opponent was uh, the... Vancouver Millionaires. <laughs> That's a sick name. It is. It is. Uh, they won. Um, they won the series, uh, three to two, of course. And I will say that this is a team that is currently playing right now, but it's just rebranded to a different name. So just think original, like couple of teams, and you know. 
a, a place where it has big hockey influence. I want to say it's like Boston because Boston rules the world in like every sport. Like, yeah. I mean, you look at the Celtics, how they have like the most championships in the NBA. I feel like it's got to be the Bruins, yeah. although they probably weren't called that back then. They were probably like the Boston Minutemen or something like that. I mean, is that what you're going with? Yeah, I'm going to go with that. That's, not, that's better than anything I can come up with at this point. Well, actually, the first championships are the champions of the NHL are the Toronto Arenas. Who are now known the as Maple the Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs. That is correct. I, I'll give you guys these hints. That was probably uh, the last time they ever won a cup. <laughs> for for like most of the, like until 1927, it is all uh, Canadian teams. Okay. So that should like help you out. Like how limited Canadian teams were back then. So don't think of a Calgary. Don't think of an Edmonton. All right. They, they weren't around yet. All right. So we're moving on to... 1920, they didn't have a Stanley Cup champion in 1919. Hmm. Uh, so they decided uh, this team beat the, I got I got look, the Seattle Metropolitans. Hmm. Man, they had some really dope mascots back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Where's that now is the real question, you know. Let's hmm. get some creativity back. This team is a current team in the NHL, but uh, in a different time frame. It's all it is all Canadian teams, hmm. at least who won. Is it Montreal? I would have to go with the Montreal Canadiens. Well, maybe not the Canadians at that point, yeah. but Montreal. Nope, is the Ottawa Senators? Oh my god, they were the Senators winning really? the series three to two. Interesting. Uh, now this the next team uh, who won in 1920. Also defeated the Vancouver Millionaires. The Millionaires make a run back, but this team beat them in the series three to two. Uh, and I will say, I'm trying not to give it away. It is so hard not to give it away, just because I know these guys won't get it unless if I give multiple hints. Uh, here we go. Their head coach, the winning head coach, was Pete Green. Uh, the Stanley Cup winning goal was made by Jack Darog uh, during the second period of game number five. Vancouver. Okay. The Ottawa Senators went back to back. You gotta be uh, kidding me. Come on. Of course it's Ottawa. Like, just of course. Like, now, when we start getting into the 70s, maybe I'll know more of these, but oh, yeah, we're this we're, far back. We're just kind of rapid firing here. Uh, 1922 also defeated the Millionaires 3-2. to two. The Millionaires are just not lucky. They they got a lot of money, but they don't got a lot I mean, of wins to show get, for it. They're getting there, though. They're getting I mean, there. That's like, I guess that's what matters, right? Now, you have already said this team, but their name might be a little switched up. Is it Vancouver? Wouldn't be the Canucks, though. I'll give you it's a team that won, that their name kind of switched a little at this time. Montreal? Yeah, because I didn't... Yeah, they're not the Canadians, I don't think, at this point. With it. No. Uh, it's the Toronto St. Oh Patrick's. So they changed their... They changed their name from Toronto Arenas to Toronto St. Patrick's. To the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh my God! Why? Why St. Patrick's? That makes no sense. I feel <laughs> they like. just wanted to represent me, man. You know, they, okay. it, it may have been way before I was born, but hey, they knew I was coming. 
They were like, hey, we got we got to change this name to this just for a short time being. <laughs> uh, 1923. This is a team you've already said uh, that has won. And they beat the Edmonton Eskimos. Hmm. That's got to be our yeah. friends, Ottawa. That's yeah. the only one I can yeah. remember Ottawa. besides Toronto that won. It is Ottawa. Woo. Yeah. Give us a point, You got to think, though, they're all Canadian because the Canadian teams were so used to be, it used to be a huge drop off between any team down here now in oh geez this I, music I almost is hard lost by the everything. way thank you i i almost just lost everything though on the uh on the good old computer but uh this next team in 1924 beat the calgary tigers it is not a team that you have said before, that is one. Mm. But it is a Canadian team, so I think this could be Edmonton. They made it the last year. Maybe right. this year they make it again and break through, so let's go Edmonton. Yep. Is the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, my gosh. They are the Canadians? They are the now Canadians. They are. They've always been the Canadians. What? So they didn't change names They've at all? They've never changed their name. Only Toronto has really changed their name. Hmm. No kidding. Interesting. Why, though? I would love to get a why an answer to that. Uh, we can search that up on our own time. No, we don't have to do that. But this uh, next team in 1925 actually was uh, defeated the Canadians three to one, and it is a team that is no long that I've never heard of, that I I never knew of until I saw it. But they played in the WCHL. Hmm. Well, this I'm. I have it not. is in Canada. I will say the team is in Canada. It's, um, it's a team you never heard of. No yeah, shot. yeah. I don't, yeah, know. No, I don't know. It's probably like the British Columbia Polar Bears. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. Cocaine you know, that bears. was a really good like makeup team. The Cocaine Bears? No. Tanners? No, Tanners. Yeah, Tanners. <laughs> Just I didn't see that so movie, by the way. Anything. No. Did anyone see Cocaine Bear? I have not. Apparently it's good. I got to see it. But uh, is the Victoria Cougars. Yeah, I wasn't coming off with that. I, I mean, polar bears. I was like, wow, you really got into the ammo like, department there, which was hard. <laughs> now, this team, who won in 1926, is no longer a team. They're a defunct team. Uh, they had problems during the Great Depression. Uh, they played during 1924 to 1938. <clears throat> and we'll give you a hint. It's a Montreal but can you get their last part of their name? The mascot, huh? Montreal Alouettes? No, that's the CFL the team. The Montreal Manta Rays. All right, well, we'll rock with it, Joe. <laughs> I, I mean, I was shocked you got the M because it's the Montreal Maroons. Mm. See, I went M like for MM. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of no, what I yeah, was thinking. No, that, I, I was really shocked you got that. Uh, now, the next That's team... just pity. That's pity right there. It's just <laughs> trying to make me feel better. I gotta do something. Uh, in 1927, this team defeated the Bruins. So the Bruins are now a team uh, in the talk. Uh, but this team's head coach name was, uh, or head coach was Dave Gill. He was also the general manager. And their Stanley Cup winning goal was Cy Denny in the second period of game four. Wait, this is a Canada team? It is a Canada team. Mm. Is a team you have said before. 
Montreal Canadiens. Okay. I was thinking Edmonton, but we'll rock Oh, on. okay. If you want to do that, I'm good with either. Yeah, we'll go Edmonton since okay. they're just a couple years removed at this point from their last appearance. It is the Ottawa Senators. Oh, my. It's always Ottawa. You got to be kidding. <laughs> I'm just giggling. I have nothing to say right now. Yeah. I don't. Now, in 1928, uh, this is an American team that won. The first American team to win. Mm. Uh, they defeated the Montreal Maroons 3-2 three, uh, three to two in the series. Uh, just think of the original six, or how many original there were. I forget how many original there were. I forget if it was like original six, original eight, but think of America teams. I want to apply the same logic that I just used on the last one. I want to say Boston, since they're just a couple seasons removed from okay. their last appearance. I'm and with you on Boston it. Boston rules the world, unfortunately, as far as sports is concerned. So let's go with the Bruins. Well, it was actually their first appearance ever in a Stanley Cup, and it was the New York Rangers. Oh, my goodness. Uh. <laughs> now, this next team in 1929 actually defeated the Rangers. Hmm. It is a team you have said before. Um, is it Canadian? Or is American. Okay. Bruins. Yeah. We're going Bruins. It is the Boston Bruins. Let's go. Let's go. Finally. Number two. Finally, we're cooking. Uh, but then in 1930, the Boston Bruins lose to this team who win the Stanley Cup in a 2 0 series. Uh, and it is the Canadian team. Hmm. Well, if there's anything we've learned so far, it's always Ottawa. So you think we should go the Senators? I'm down. No, are, we're incorrect, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you beat me to the punch. Montreal Canadiens. Oh, my gosh. The one time we don't go with Montreal, we You're go right. with Ottawa. Like, yeah. come on. Like, you got to be kidding me. Now, in 1931, uh, this team defeated the Chicago Blackhawks 3-2 hmm, okay. to okay. in the series. It is a Canadian team. Hmm. Oh, um... Do you want to say Montreal for the back-to-back? -back? Yeah, I, th I, would, I would think that's the best option at this point. Mm -hmm. It is Montreal Let's for the back-to-back. -back. That's point number three right there, baby. Now, in 1932, this team defeated the Rangers in a clean sweep 3-0. Uh, and it is a Canadian team. Great Depression. Mm. Oh, but we well, Montreal is on a repeat right now, so do you want to go for the three-peat? Three-peat. All right, let's go Montreal for the three-peat. Eh, it's Ottawa. No, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, my goodness. The Toronto Maple Leafs have appeared. They actually won something. Wow. <laughs> uh, they actually made it out of the first round of the playoffs. Right, yeah, they actually. Well, that's when less teams were involved. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, in 19, uh, 1933, the Maple Leafs went back, but they lost to this team, who is an American team, who mm. has won before. Okay, so that eliminates Chicago. Um. So we have Bruins, we have Rangers. The Rangers have been on a little bit of a run. We've heard them a handful of times. So do you think Rangers make sense here? All right, we'll, we'll go Rangers. It is the New York Rangers. Let's go. That is correct. Joe, we're cooking. We're now we are. Right now. No, because now we can gauge, like, okay, these guys are on a two-peat, like, and there's not that many teams. Like, yeah. Before it was, like, 1918, who won the Stanley Cup? Yeah, well, nobody's ever <laughs> been before. Yeah. How are we supposed to? Right, know? yeah. Uh, 1934. This American team won against another American team, also known as known as the Detroit Red Wings, and they haven't won since. And that's all I'm gonna all I'm gonna give you. It's an American that team. The American team has never won a Stanley Cup before. 
I'm thinking Chicago. Yeah. It sounded like he was about to say they haven't won yet, but they've been there, which Chicago has. They went there, He's but they He's kicking himself win. right now. It is Look the Blackhawks. It's the Blackhawks. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Tanner caught yeah. your red-handed on that one. Yeah. I, that went over my head. Good good catch. Yeah, Dan's poker face. He didn't have it there. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh. I'm like, dang, he knows. Uh, 1935, uh, this team defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs 3-0 to uh, and is Canadian team, and their head coach was Tommy Gorman. Interesting. Mm. Canadian team. So we've got our friends Ottawa. And they have won before. We've got Ottawa. We've got Montreal. I think we have Edmonton. Um, well, remember, you have two Montreal and teams. And we've got Toronto. There's mm. two Montreal teams at this Wait, point. you said Toronto lost this one? Toronto lost this, mm. yes. It's been a while since we said uh, Ottawa. Yeah, I, th- I think it's time to return because they were, they've been there. They've gone through the rebuild phase at this point. We're going Ottawa. Yep. Is the Montreal Maroons? Oh my god. The goodness. Maroons. Darn. Now in those 19... Maroons, come on. Now, due to time's sake, due to time's sake, I can't do all every single one of them. Yeah. I cannot. It, it, there's just too many. We we may have to revisit this where I get the middle, but I am gonna go up. All the way, not to the top, but close to the top. We're going to go to, I think, the 2000s. Right. I think we're going to start in the 2000s. Uh, oh. So this has opened it up to, it could be American, it could be Canadian. It could I also be you. the Sabres. Yeah, it could also be <laughs> the Sabres. Uh, but this team defeated the Dallas Stars, uh, the North Stars at the time, I believe they were called. Um, and... I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm uh, I, I I've had to adjust here. Uh, let's see. Their their captain was Scott Stevens. They're an American team, uh, and their head coach was Larry Robinson. Uh, they beat the Panthers, the Maple Leafs, the Flyers, and the Stars to this win. Was two thousand? Two thousand. Um, this is another reboot one where we got to think. We don't know who who won it. Five. I'm blanking. Blanking Four. hard right now. I don't know why. Three. Because I should know this. The Rangers? I'll just guess. Yeah. Two? No? I'll go with him. I uh, Kind of. You're close. It's Islanders? the New Jersey Devils. Oh, the Devils. Oh, really? It is the Devils. Okay. Oh, I hate the Devils. <laughs> now, the Devils made it back to the playoffs and the Stanley Cup next year, but they lost to this team in 2001, 4-3 uh, to in the series. So it came down to a game seven, uh, and their head coach was Bob Hartley, and this team beat the Canucks, the Kings, the Blues, and then the Devils. Hmm. Western Conference, 2001. Um, Western Conference. Wouldn't be Pittsburgh yet. No, they're not East. What am I doing? Um... <laughs> um. The Conn Smythe Trophy winner was Patrick Roy. Oh, Patrick Wah, okay. Um, Roy, Roy. Oh, so not the goaltender? No, Patrick oh, Roy. Darn. <laughs> he was thinking you mispronounced it like every other name. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it Colorado? It is! 
I don't know Whoa. what, what went on there. Linus, let's calm down there, buddy. Yeah, Linus Allmark, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Allmark. Linus Allmark, ladies and gents. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I just pulled that one. You said Patrick Roy, and well, I thought, okay, Patrick Wah, the goaltender, played for Colorado. So, you know what? Just weird dink. Yeah, no, you are correct. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take that. That's a point, baby, for the 2000s. Now, 2002, this team beat... The Canucks, the Blues, the Avalanche, and then the Hurricanes. Hmm. Their goalie was Dominic Cassidy. Oh, it's um, Chicago, the Blackhawks. Joe, you agree with that? Or was it Detroit? Who did he go to after us? Oh, my God. This is embarrassing. I wasn't really a big like hockey fan until a couple years ago. Um... Evan would be. I think it's Detroit. Yeah, I'd rather go. It is Detroit. Okay, there we go. The Red Wings. Yep. Now this team, uh, on their way to the cup, they beat the Bruins, the Lightning, the Senators, and then the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. <coughs> That's what they have the on the, the website here. The Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. The movie, of the Mighty Ducks. So this is 2004? Uh, 2003. Oh. Mm. I should have made more time through this game. Yeah, I should have done it this whole hour. Yeah. No, it's it's because then we can get Frank and Evan in next time. Yeah, we'll do it like more. next week. There will uh-huh. be a continuation of this. In 03, I think it's an Eastern Conference team. Um, I was, their, one, I was their, one year old. One of their players was Brian Gianta. I don't know who that is. That doesn't do anything for that me. That is a former Sabres uh, captain. Hmm. Um, this is uh, right listen. before Pittsburgh, I think, before they went on a bit of a run. I think um, I think we got to look back here, a couple of them, to my hatred. It is a team that has, has won it For the New Jersey Devils. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. It is the New Jersey Devils. Wow. That one I go, knew. Joe. That one All I right. knew. Uh, 2004, this team... Went on a run, it defeated the New York Islanders, the Canadians, the Philadelphia Flyers, and then ended with being the Calgary Flames. Uh, one of their star players, Martin St. Louis. Martin St. Louis. Um. <sighs> okay. What? Any hint on this one or no? American. Okay. Well, that. that there we go. I know Pittsburgh's run's coming up, but Pittsburgh's run's coming up. It's not yet though. Yeah. St. Louis was he. Eastern Conference? Yep. Okay, that narrows it way down. Because they beat the Islanders, the Canadians, and the Flyers. Okay. Mm. I think... Okay, I want Dan, to say St. Louis, but they're not East, I don't think. I think... Correct me if I'm wrong. Just don't let me say it if I'm wrong. I'm going to just ask another hint real fast. Yes or no? Southern team. Yes. I'm thinking we go to the Bay of Tampa for this one. Okay, the Lightning. I All think right. it's the Lightning. I have no Ka-chow. better options. I so. think I, I vaguely. Kachow is this. correct. Kachow is correct. Let's go. See, this is, is where correct. it starts registering there in my head. Go, where I start. Good work. Uh, 2006. This team beat the Canadians, the Devils, the Buffalo Sabers, and then the Edmonton Oilers in the Cup Final. 06. Did we skip? Did we? 05 was a lockout. That's right. Oh, so, yeah. uh, and then one of their notable players, Eric Stahl. 
beat the Sabers. We have. I. I. This has been mentioned many times on GR here. Yeah, I know. Is this our friend Sid the Kid? Is this Pittsburgh? Uh, hang on, hang on. 2006. Sydney would have been a young buck. I at this think time. it's our buddy Stillman and Kevin Adams. No, I'm not thinking right. Wait, the Canes? No, I don't know if it's the Hurricanes. I don't know why, but I almost feel like you're right that it is the Canes. I don't know, though. Five, I thought that was in the four. No, we'll go with it. Three. Let's just go with it. You're going to go with the Canes? Mm-hmm. Well, you're correct. It oh, is the Carolina Hurricanes. Because that, that, well, as soon as you said GR, I said that in one of my updates when they got Stillman. I mentioned that the last time that. Oh, that his they, dad played with yeah, the Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I also, the last time they allowed 10, game, 10 goals or more or whatever was that game in 05. Hmm. So okay. that was, yeah, yeah. Now, this team on the way to the Cup beat the Wild, the Canucks, the Detroit Red Wings, and then the Ottawa Senators. Uh, one of their notable players is Corey Perry. So it's a West team. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Getzlaff is also another. Right. Um, oh, my God, guys. I, how are you not jumping on this? I don't. Dan, this is more disappointing. I'm blanking on this one. This is even more disappointing. the Stars? Dallas Stars, Vegas Golden Knights. They weren't even a team. I don't know, man. I'm just the West. I'm I'm blanking on right now. Let's just rock with Dallas because I know they'd be a couple years removed from their last one. We started off the 2000s with them in it, so it's not unreasonable that they could be back by now. Let's go with Dallas. No, it's the Anaheim Ducks. Oh wow, okay. Not the yep. mighty Anaheim Ducks. Nope, they changed their name to Anaheim <laughs> Ducks. That's it. Now, in 2008, this team beat the Nashville Predators, the Colorado Avalanche, the Dallas Stars, and then the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm. Ducks go back-to-back. I'll go with that. That is wrong. Mm. Is the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Now, in 2009, this team beat the Flyers, the Capitals, the Carolina Hurricanes, and then the Detroit Red Wings in the final. Well, if... Pittsburgh, so they just made it last year and lost. I think this is where the run begins. Think it's Pittsburgh? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go Pittsburgh on this one. It's correct. It is Pittsburgh. This around when they had like Mark Andre Fleury, right? Yep, that is correct. Then, sorry, my uh, my page ran out on me. I was using a page to tell you guys this stuff. All right, 2010. This team beat the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, the team, the Sabres actually lost to, uh, I believe it was in the wild card. It was either in the wild card or the second round. I cannot remember for the life of me, but this will be the last team uh, that you pick for at least today. Uh, they beat the Predators, the Canucks, the San Jose Sharks, and then the Flyers at the end. One of their top players is Duncan Keith. What division? West team. West team. Yep. So we know. Have they won before? Uh, yes. Actually, they won one way back. Way back. Okay, so think to the beginning of the game, Tanner. One, only one, right? Uh, I'm gonna say yeah, but I'm not exactly sure. Okay. I believe so. I believe so. Okay, when... one team that we mentioned only one time was Chicago, the Black Kaka. Didn't they win one? No, they. They didn't. I think they've only won one, and I think this is it. 
If I remember, if my memory isn't failing well, me right now, won one in the two thousands. Yes. No, but they won. Didn't they win in the early 2010s with, like, Patrick Kane? They won their first Stanley Cup since 1961. Okay, so we wouldn't even know because we didn't get that far. We didn't get that far. So you could be definitely wrong in your logic here, and I need an answer. You want to go with it? I think wrong, but sure. It is the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, with that, we're going to have to cut the game short. Because Dude, it's I remembered it from the NHL video games on my PS2. Oh my That's how I remembered that one. Oh, my God. Uh, too bad we had to cut this close. Sorry, guys. I should have reserved we'll play, more time. We'll play more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, shout out the socials. Joe, go. You can find me on Twitter at the Buffalonian and on, uh, and on Instagram at Joe Kelly. Tanner, go. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TJ Saunders 2000 <laughs> and on Instagram at Tanner underscore Saunders 2000. And yawn. Tanner always gets his social out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at double underscore D capital W N Y. Thank you for joining this episode of the Blitz. We will see you on Friday.